The Vision app is the best place to find a growing range of homegrown, on-demand audio to help you look to God daily. You can listen to Faith and Fostering with Christians chatting about foster care in an Australian context. Plus, be encouraged by Pastor Terry Nightingale's four-minute devotions with new episodes added each week in the free Vision Christian Media app. If you don't already have the app on your smartphone or tablet, download it now from vision.org.au slash app. Vision.org.au slash app. Vision. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. We're essentially walking, talking billboards for what Christians look like. Coming up today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie says we each have an important choice to make. Some people bring joy wherever they go. Some people bring joy whenever they go. Which person are you? Are you the person that lights up the room or turns off the lights? Are you the person that brings everything down or are you the person that builds others up? This is the day when the lost are found. Disagreement and conflict is almost inevitable in human relationships. When that happens, some people put up their fists, others call up their lawyer, others look up the proverb that says a soft answer turns away wrath. In the big picture, those moments can either undergird our efforts to share Christ or undermine them. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us deal with everyone in a spirit of grace and humility. We're in Acts chapter 15. So I heard about three biker dudes that pulled up to a roadside cafe one day and they walked in and here's a a smallish man sitting on a stool having a meal. And they looked at this guy, started laughing, hassling him. One of them took his meal away from him. Another pushed him off his stool. And the man uh, just went over and paid for his bill, quietly walked out got into a semi. He's a trucker, okay? And one of the bikers says to the waitress, he's not much of a man, is he? She said, well, I guess not. She's looking out the window and watching the trucker drive away. She says, I guess he's not much of a trucker either because he just ran over three Harleys. (laughs) Maybe that's not the best way to resolve conflict. But we all deal with conflict each and every day, right? There's just no way around it. I don't know how you were raised, but in my home, as you know, uh, there was a lot of domestic violence. My mom would get drunk and get in fights with her husbands and her boyfriends. And, and I don't just mean yelling. I mean throwing things, hitting. I would sometimes get up in the morning, things were smashed all over the floor, dents in the wall. It, it was horrible environment to be brought up in. And I think as a, at a very early age, as a little boy, I I sort of developed a a desire to be a peacemaker. I I wanted to resolve conflict. I didn't want to see people fighting and have conflict. Another thing I sort of retreated into was my own little world of art and cartoons where I could kind of have another place to live instead of the crazy world I was living in. And I developed a rather warped sense of humor. 
my observations. Because you think, well, Greg, sometimes you're very sarcastic and, and your humor's a little odd. You don't know what I hold back. <laughs> you don't know what comes into my mind. I have five things that go, veto, 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 veto. I'll let that one through. That's how it works, okay? And that, even that is a defense mechanism uh, that I develop. But I bring all of this up because I became a Christian. And I thought, okay, now, no more conflict. No, no more disagreements. We're all gonna just get together and sing kumbaya and perpetuity. <laughs> well, I came to discover that is not the case because conflicts and arguments will happen, even among Christians. So we're gonna have to learn how to resolve conflict let me add these words, to the best of our ability. The Bible says, as much as it is possible, live at peace with all men. Aren't you glad the Bible says, as much as it's possible? Because with some people, you can't live at peace with them. But at least you want to make the effort. So let's explore that together, because that's the subject before us in Acts 15, conflict. We have some troublemakers that have entered this scene. They're believers in Jesus. They're Jewish and they have a Jewish background and they felt that one had to be circumcised before they could become a Christian. They were placing an unnecessary barrier on these new believers. So Paul and Barnabas are now a missionary team and they're not happy about it. Remember I told you Barnabas, his name means encouragement or the son of encouragement. It wasn't his given name, it was effectively his nickname. He was literally Mr. Encouragement. So if Mr. Encouragement wasn't encouraged, something was wrong. There was a saying in that day, it went along the lines of, if Barney isn't happy, ain't nobody happy. Now that wasn't really a saying, but, but there is a saying, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, right? Barnabas was not pleased with this, Paul was not pleased with this, and they thought we need to go back to the leaders in Jerusalem and get this resolved. So now they're gonna make the journey back to Jerusalem because these Judaizers, these legalists were saying, James authorized what we're saying. And as it turns out, James had not authorized it at all. So they were not being truthful. So they wanted to go and get it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Now James is the brother of Jesus. We well, could say half-brother because obviously Jesus was supernaturally conceived in the womb of Mary, but James was a son of Mary and Joseph. He grew up with Jesus. And by the way, if you grew up with Jesus, that'd be hard not to drop that into every conversation. You know, you know, I remember when Jesus and I were just boys, this happened. Or I remember Mary, our mother, made us dinner the other day, and what a meal it was, you know. It, but he didn't do that. He didn't play the I'm the brother of Jesus card but he was a man known for his great wisdom. And he pretty much was the leader of the church at this point, along with Peter. And so they need to go and speak with James now and get his input because of these legalists. And you know, there are people like this that we know, and you can probably think of them, and I don't know if the people who are these people know they're these people, but uh, let me just give you a clue. If no one ever wants to hang around you, you might be one of these people. Consider it this way. Some people bring joy wherever they go. Some people bring joy whenever they go. <laughs> Which person are you? Are you the person that lights up the room or turns off the lights? 
Are you the person that brings everything down? Or are you the person that builds others up? Pastor Greg Laurie with a word of encouragement to be mindful how we speak. You've tuned in for one of our most requested messages of the year here on A New Beginning. It's titled, How to Resolve Conflict. From our study of Paul and Barnabas in Acts chapter 15, Pastor Greg is pointing out how to show grace and mercy in dealing with others, especially in moments of conflict. Let's continue. So they go back to Jerusalem and this is what happened as they meet with the apostles starting in verse 4. Acts chapter 15, let's read it together. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. When they arrived in Jerusalem, Barnabas and Paul were welcomed by the whole church, including the apostles and elders. And they repeated everything that God had done through them. But then some of the believers who belonged to the sect of the Pharisees stood up and insisted that Gentile converts must be circumcised and required to follow the law of Moses. So the apostles and elders met together to resolve this issue. The apostles gave a ruling. So basically they said, okay, we're not gonna require circumcision. And all the Gentiles collectively said, but now they go on to give a ruling. Uh, Verse 19, so my judgment is, and this is James speaking, my judgment is we should not make it difficult for Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead we should write and tell them to abstain from eating food offered to idols and sexual immorality and from eating the meat of strangled animals and from consuming blood. We'll stop there. So one of these conclusions dealt with morality. The other two dealt with sensitivity. Let's start with the no-brainer. The one that dealt with morality. Tell these Gentile believers who've come to Christ the following. They should not commit fornication. That's what the King James Bible says. New Living Translation, they should not engage in sexual immorality. This comes from a single root word, pornea. We translate this word today to pornographic, pornography, etc. And it is a word that speaks of all sexual activity outside of God's proper order. And what is that? The only place where sexual uh, activity can take place legitimately in the eyes of God is between a man and a woman in a marriage relationship, period. Right, that's it. There are no exceptions. Extramarital sex is forbidden in scripture. Premarital sex is forbidden in scripture. People say, I wanna know the will of God. God says very clearly in 1 Thessalonians 4.3, here's God's will. Be holy and stay away from all sexual sin. So I don't, I don't know what's happening in your life and if you've wondered about this, but this is clearly taught in scripture. But now we come to an issue of sensitivity where they say, tell them to not eat food that was offered to idols. Now, this is hard for us to understand today, so let me give you a little history. Uh, back in this day, there were pagan temples everywhere and they would offer meat or animal sacrifices to these idols. So you could get a killer deal on this meat. (laughs) It was a lot cheaper than the kosher meat down at the market. 
uh, sold by the Jewish uh, merchants. And so the Gentiles are like, hey, we, we know these idols are false. We don't believe in these idols. Why pay retail when you can get it wholesale? Let's go and buy this meat. But this offended the Jewish believers because it was offered to idols. And so here's what Paul is saying. Look, even if this doesn't mean a lot to you, it means something to your Jewish brothers and sisters. So for their sake, don't eat it and stumble them spiritually. So take away truth for us. We should not put up a wall where God has opened a door. Uh, we should be a bridge, not a barrier, to people coming to Christ. We should be a stepping stone, not a stumbling block. It should never be difficult for someone to come to church, say, for the first time. And clearly they may not be a believer. And that's, that's obvious for a number of reasons. But whatever it is, they come in. They should always feel welcomed into the church. You know, a couple may come in and they're living together and they come to church or someone may come in and they're gay or someone may come in under the, they're a drug addict or whatever it is or they dress in a way that makes some people uncomfortable and you'll say, well, why are they in church? They're sitting next to me in church. I don't think this is a good thing. That would be like going to a hospital and saying, why are there so many sick people here? because it's a hospital and they're there to get better. And I'm glad they're in the hospital and I'm glad non-believers come into our church because we want them to come. As I've said before, the church is not a museum for saints, it's a hospital for sinners. Now having said that, I would also add this. They don't need to clean up their life and come to Christ. They need to come to Christ and He will clean their life up. All right? <laughs> Jesus said, He that would come to me, I would in no way cast them out. Jesus cleans His fish after He catches them. But having said that, now, once they've come, once they've heard the gospel, and if they've made a profession of faith, the person who is gay needs to repent and no longer live that way. The couple that are living together need to move out and consider if they should get married at all but not continue living in that way. The person who is addicted to drugs or alcohol should be and can be delivered by Jesus Christ. Okay, so the change has to happen. But I think sometimes we get the cart before the horse. Well, let's get them all cleaned up first and then they can come to church. No, let's get them to church. Let him hear the word of God, but it all starts here. Let him come into a relationship with Jesus. Let's not get this in reverse and miss what this Bible that we're holding is saying to us. We should not do anything that would keep people from hearing the gospel. So let's bring this to the present day. Let's say that I'm a meat eater and you're a vegetarian. And by the way, I am a meat eater. <laughs> I'm happy to be a meat eater. My wife took me out to a vegetarian restaurant the other day and didn't tell me until after the meal was done I was in a vegetarian restaurant because she knew I wouldn't go with her if she told me ahead of time. So I had the meal, it was very good. She said, how did you like it? She says, great. She said, there was no meat in it. No, there was. Now it's a vegetarian restaurant. You know, I didn't really like it that much. <laughs> That's a true story. So, so let's say you and I go out to a meal uh, you're a, a vegetarian or a vegan. And there's differences. I, I had to actually look this up. Now, a vegan 
is on a different diet that excludes all meat and animal products, including meat, poultry, fish, seafood, dairy, and eggs. That's a pretty limited diet. Then there's a vegetarian. They can eat eggs and cheese, but not meat, poultry, and seafood. Then there's a pescatarian. You know what that is? A pescatarian is someone who eats fish but no other meat products. Then there's a Presbyterian pescatarian. <laughs> and they can only eat fish in church. I don't know if you've not. I made that part up. The pescatarian part is true. So let's say that we're sitting down for a meal and I'm, I'm eating my you know, filet and, and you're having your broccoli and, and you're offended. You're offended. You know, I wish you wouldn't eat that. That offends me. I can forego my steak so I don't offend you. Let's apply it a different way. Let's say we go to a restaurant and we order some pasta and you order a glass of wine. You say, I love wine with my Italian food. What if I say, but I was an alcoholic and if I have one sip of wine, I could fall off the wagon. It's hard for me to sit here while you're drinking. Well, that's your problem, man. No, we're a family. And out of consideration for that person, you would say, well, I'll forego that. I won't do that because I don't want to do something that would cause you to stumble. Romans 14, 19 says, aim for harmony in the church and try to build one another up. Good encouragement today from Pastor Greg Laurie. Aim for harmony in the church and try to build one another up. And there's more to come from this lesson next time here on A New Beginning. Pastor Greg has titled it, How to Resolve Conflict. Now, Pastor Greg has been talking about Christian living, living in a way that minimizes conflict and follows the principles of Scripture. But if you've been listening today and realized that you're not sure if you're a Christian, well, here's Pastor Greg to explain how you can make that change in your relationship with God right now. You know, it doesn't take years to become a Christian. It doesn't take months. Frankly, it doesn't even take hours. It can happen so quickly. It just starts with you saying to God, I know I'm a sinner. I know that you love me. I know that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sin and pay for those sins and then to rise again from the dead. And I want him to come into my life. So here's my question to you. Have you done that yet? Because Jesus, who did die on that cross and rose again from the dead three days later, is alive and standing at the door of your life right now. And he's knocking and he's saying, if you'll hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. Would you like your sin forgiven? Would you like to know that when you die, you will go to heaven? Do you want Christ to come into your life right now? If so, why don't you just stop whatever it is you're doing and pray this prayer to God. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner, but I know that you are the Savior who died on the cross for my sin and rose again from the dead. I'm sorry for my sin, and I turn from it now and I choose to follow you from this moment forward. I ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, the Bible promises that God has heard your prayer and has answered that prayer. The Bible says that we will confess our sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So God bless you. 
you've made the right decision, the decision to follow Jesus Christ. That's right. And we want to help you get started living this new life. We have a collection of resources called the New Believers Growth Pack that we'd love to send your way if you made a first-time commitment to the Lord today. It'll answer many of the questions you may have and get you started living for God. Just ask for it when you call us on 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. Call 1-800-772-936 today. Next time, more insight on harmony in the body of Christ as Pastor Greg gives us some practical insight on conflict resolution. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called How to Resolve Conflict. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.